Hey friends, Catlaw Hedquist here with a reminder that locally owned and artist operated bizbooks.net is still your best source for plays, acting books, scene books, teacher resources, and much, much more. And as you, like we, are clearly fans of Sabrina and YVR Screen Scene, we want to offer you 15% off your next purchase with the coupon code SCREENSCENE23. So come check us out at bizbooks.net, sign up for our newsletter, and follow us on social to learn what's new. And if you're in the Vancouver area, Watch out for one of our pop-up shops throughout the year to come say hello and shop in person. Remember, Screen Scene 23 promo code is only available at bizbooks.net for a limited time. This episode was sponsored in part by listeners like you. Join our Patreon community and receive early access to episodes, bonus content, stickers, buttons, and more. Visit www.patreon.com slash podcast. Welcome to the YVR Screen Scene Podcast, where we pull back the curtain and expose the beating heart of the Vancouver film and television industry, namely the actors and filmmakers and other talented artists who do the work, capital T, capital W. I'm Sabrina Rani Firminger. Today, I am delighted to welcome two exceptional artist to the YVR Screen Scene Podcast to discuss Master of the House, the narrative debut from award-winning commercial director Dylan Miranda. Master of the House, which was shot at the Michelin star restaurant Kisatanto in Vancouver, follows a young sommelier played by our other guest, Brendan Meyer, not Mayor. Apparently people say Mayor. I was just informed, but no, this is Brendan Meyer. Let's get it right, people. Uh, Brendan starred in all 80 episodes of the Vancouver Shot Mr. Young. And um, I also wept over his death in the OA. Uh, this sommelier struggles to balance friendship and ambition, the night and acclaimed critic dines at his workplace reclamation, a restaurant hyped on reinventing Indigenous cuisine. The critic is played with searing, sneering fire by Matthew McCall, who I will always see as the serial killer in Jason Bork's remarkable black fly, even when he's starring in a Hallmark rom-com or in Master of the House. I actually had to be like, okay, he's not a serial killer here, but it kind of like changed the view for me a little bit. (laughs) Master of the House should come with a couple of warnings, and I'm going to put Dylan on notice here because I think these warnings are necessary. One that you're going to want to eat while you're watching it. And two, you're probably going to need to be reminded to chew because your jaw is going to be constantly dropping. For a debut narrative film, it's masterful. And as I'm reading that, I'm like, oh man, it's master of the house, masterful. I am, (laughs) I'm a dad joke. I'm a dad joke. It is visceral, fast paced and blistering. The performances are fucking on point. And yes, Dylan and Brandon, please swear on this podcast. I want to earn my explicit rating. (laughs) The score, which is pulsating jazz, enhancing enhances the anxiety of the situation. The themes of white supremacy and reconciliation and personal truth are timely. And honestly, I, I just I can't say enough good things about this film. I'm not going to say anything else nice for the rest of this podcast. I'll just end this diatribe by saying I can't wait to see more from this filmmaker and his collaborators. So Dylan Miranda, Brendan, not Mayor Meyer, welcome to the Wavir Screen Scene Podcast. 
Oh my gosh. Thank what you. A wow. That's amazing. That was great. Oh, yeah. Oh, That's I'm, it. So that we're done. Great. We're done yeah, here. No, You're happy. Thanks. Okay. What are your yeah. socials? No. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I was just going to say, I mean, there's nothing in the film that denies that uh, Matt's character is a serial killer. I just wanted to clarify <laughs> that on my, it, it's nothing, you know. I mean, I there's know. still like that silence of the lambs, you know, connection too, right? You know, between like, you know, killers <laughs> oh, and yeah. fine dining. So, wow. Oh, yeah. Okay. So. Oh, yeah. I'm okay. curious. I mean, you'd have to ask, you'd have to ask him. I mean, you know, he did yeah. a lot of, you know, he's got his own some, sort of secrets some... and his own thoughts about the character, I'm sure, as all actors do. So, you know, who knows what he, what, no pun intended, what he cooked up. Uh, oh, God. Maybe I'll reveal some secrets on here. because <laughs> oh, Yes, that. please. But yes. maybe let's, I want to hear this thesis. This is, I'm so curious about this the sabrina the one that you were saying and then let's see if it fits in i guess right is that is that what comes next no i did the thesis statement that was was my thesis statement okay so i explained that i introduced a podcast and i do a thesis well my thesis statement is that this is a great film (laughs) that kind of like you know that was my argument and then you know you know that's my that was my thesis statement and then you know the conversation we have hopefully backs this up yeah um this would have been an unhinged podcast (laughs) if you would have started with the thesis statement (laughs) that you hate it you hate it like you go through it and you're like list all the reasons you hate it and then you're like so guys all right and you're like wow Let's go. Yeah. Why? Why (laughs) did you do this? And actually, that that is my first. Watch it again. That is my first question, and I guess like this this question goes to Dylan first. Where did this come from? Why this film? What is going on in your brain that this film happened? Well, I mean, there's a lot going on up there. I it's it it's been to to put it in in short terms. I mean, I think. My love of the world started because my dad was a chef. Um, and seeing as this is a, a local podcast, my only claim to fame really is um, my parents started Calhoun's. I don't know if anyone ever went there, but, you know, the cafe on Broadway. So the 24-hour cafe on Broadway that yeah. I used to hang out. I live in Kitsilano. Oh, that there was you go. my place. Wow. <laughs> I know. They had Hawaiian shaved ice. They had great baked goods. They had great sandwiches. And you could just go in and bring oh, yeah. your laptop. And wow. That yeah. honestly, there that is go. a that is a claim to fame. A lot of <laughs> shit went down in Calhoun's. The good On the a, good kind. I mean, it would have to be a lo- only a local podcast would someone kind of get that. And uh <laughs> but that that was like so when I say I like grew up in a kitchen, it's it's it was that kitchen, you know, and it was 24 hours, as you know. So it was uh it's a lot of a lot of time spent at Calhoun's and and um you know it's not it wasn't sort of uh, the world of fine dining as a kid, but that that's kind of the world that my parents came from, that sort of restaurant scene in Toronto. So um, you know, that was kind of the start of it. And I worked in lots of different Vancouver restaurants, like th- to essentially pay my way through film school. And, um, this sort of idea just like gestated over the course of, uh, I mean, probably subconsciously years, but I think from start to finish, like pen to paper, uh, and it, you know, going to VIF, it was, it was probably about four years. Um, and it just seemed like the world, I, I know, um, like my interest is is definitely in genre movies. Like I love genre, but the restaurant genre, like something about it is is not as necessarily defined. I feel like it's more defined now though, like with things like The Bear and Boiling Point, like all these amazing shows that are like, it's sort of 
happening in this world, but at the same time, it's sort of new. So people are kind of getting a chance to, you know, it, it was sort of my opportunity to like contribute to a like a fledged fledgling genre, if that yeah. makes sense. And I and love that- the idea of restaurant as genre, you know, because yeah. I was gonna be like, is it like a drama? Is it like a it's like a I don't know. And I was like, tell me what the genre is, because I'm just anxious watching it. Yeah. And I also want to, <laughs> you know, just applaud everybody. But restaurant is a fully acceptable genre. Yes. Yeah. And and I think like baseline, you know, my hope was to I think good genre movies act like good genre genre acts as vessels for like more universal narratives, like you were saying, these sort of big ideas. And, you know, the films I'm really interested in making are things that sort of open cans of, of worms, but do it in a way that's like, uh, for, for essentially will entertain my parents who are like the perfect layman's, you know what I mean? Like it's to not get like bogged down in, in form. And, and, and so that was the whole hope for this film to tell something that was thrilling and entertaining and, you know, had sort of like those more typical oohs and ahs of like, you know, your favorite, maybe not a summer blockbuster, but something that really takes you on a journey and and to paint it against a world that um, you maybe have never seen before or have never felt before. Or if you have been in that world that, you know, gives you goosebumps or anxiety, as it does in my case, you know, watching Brendan serve people, right? So uh, So much anxiety. Yeah. So much anxiety. You were afraid I was going to drop that wine, you know, because I was doing doing the pour where you uh, tuck the knuckle into the bottom of the wine bottle. That is... Well, one of the women you feel supported, but it looks like you're supporting it. But it also, you know, there's a moment where you're like, am I going to drop this wine? I'm curious for uh, maybe now I'm doing your job, Sabrina. I'd love to do it. Do it. I mean, go for it. Why? Why to uh, to Brendan, I guess he was the one who read the script, I guess. Wait, before you answer that question, Brendan, because that is actually that was my next question. Dylan, Dylan. Um, did you guys know each other beforehand? Like how like how did uh, how did this magic happen? Because even though we're in separate, all in separate places, I'm feeling this collaborative chemistry going on. <laughs> um, we met well, we met, I guess, what a month before we met through a mutual friend, uh Scooter mm-hmm. Corkle, who's a director um and writer in town as well. Great Very guy. Very talented, yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. Worked with I worked with him on a movie called The Friendship Game uh in 2021. And then I think it was about a year, about a year later, um, that I, I, uh, Scooter sort of, um, introduced me to Dylan and, you know, Scooter is one of those guys, any, anyone who's a good friend of Scooter's is probably good people. He's just that mm-hmm. kind of good guy where you feel like you can trust him, uh, and his, his judgment. So yeah, the three of us just kind of went out for some food and, and, you know, Scooter had sort of mentioned that maybe there was a project, but it was, it was also just about, you know, it was pretty informal as well. Um, and yeah, it was great. And just immediately really hit it off. I kind of really just hit it off with Dylan, the guy, first off, just uh, really felt comfortable with him. And it was really fun. And then, yeah, we both kind of, you know, we talked a little bit about the, this short and the possibility of uh, me being in it. And and Dylan uh, sent me the script. And yeah, I was just kind of really drawn. Uh, kind of all the things that are great about the movie in its finished form, I think were there in the script, sort of mm. the characters, the world, the kind of what Dylan's saying that even though it was a very, you know, it is a short film, it had kind of the rises and falls, a great arcs for all, all the characters. And it, it did feel like a, a proper journey, a short one, but, but a, a true journey. Um, 
And so, yeah, so that, and also my brother, you know, he is, um, doesn't work in the food industry anymore, but he was really, really into it as a kid. And he actually stodged at a sham bar, the Vancouver restaurant, um, for a couple of years, actually, while I was doing Mr. Young. So, uh, so that was cool. So I've always sort of like, kind of been interested in that because he spent time in, in the kitchens, um, Mm. not, not quite in the same role as I guess Vince or anyone that's kind of featured heavily in this film, but, but he was in that world, you know? Um, And uh, so that was really interesting to me to kind of be able to talk to him a little bit about that. And, uh, and yeah, so it was really just a combination of, of, of really liking Dylan, the person um, in conversations with him, liking Dylan, the creative mind and his ideas and and all that and and just liked what was on the page like the script so once you've got all that kind of uh all those in ingredients mix, and, and then lo- the- yeah and i love the role got so I, many puns yeah i think very specifically i i love the role and i thought he was interesting and i you know it's uh it's interesting to see a character sort of to take especially short films can do this to take a character on one of the most important days of his life to date you know a very crucial inflection point and well we don't know what's going to happen after this uh film he really is at a crossroads and and things that have been boiling inside him uh in his relationship to his friends to his career to his ambition they all kind of come to a head uh and so that is always interesting and fun to play uh, because you have to do all the work ahead of time uh, to kind of build this character, but then you also then get to sort of live the important moment, which is interesting. I do love the fact too that you had that first conversation over food. Yes, uh, and yes. I just imagining Matthew McCall sitting at another table, you know, <laughs> eating like the serial killer that that uh, I just <laughs> I just think that he is. You know, there's and I, I want to get into like you know the challenges and the joys of you know actually being on set because those are my some of my most favorite things to talk about but there's a question that um it's like a statement i guess is a statement or question that is presented in the film uh and it it has to do with you know is being a shitty person necessary to creating a memorable dining experience and it made me think of like you know people in film and like the auteurs or we hear these stories of people who are like well you know in order they're eccentric and they're assholes or you know in order to do you like what what do you think about that idea that you know is it necessary to you know in order to create good art that we have to give that space to people being an asshole oh gosh uh, yeah. No, the I mean, my, my the whole, answer I mean, is no. Uh, yeah. yeah. The answer is no. I mean, yeah. The answer is no. No. Oh, the reason why I was going to say that is I actually it, it's interesting because I I'm very passionate about that 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 there I, you there's just no reason to be an asshole uh, in any real industry. I can't think of a single one where it, the product improves or I just I really have never encountered that. The, the, what's interesting is I that line is not I I I I really like that line but I don't remember actually that jumping out to me the first time I read it as something that I was like oh my gosh but I think when I wa- when we were actually doing the scene was more when I was like oh yeah this is like something I really believe um I love that the film is about this you know I remember when we were shooting thinking that but I uh that would but you'd think that would be one of the first things I was drawn to because I I believe Look, in there's a so lot much. in the script like there's a yeah, lot I there and I have- <laughs> no I'm just kind of like I I, I I thanks for underlining that no because that's something that I really really do believe in and I I mean I'm not gonna I'm not gonna name names man I'm not gonna spill that much you know but I feel like I've worked with with some people most most people actually it's been really positive I'd say but there's definitely been more than one you know kind of 
bosses I've had in the film and TV industry or, or collab, you know, where, uh, yeah, they weren't super nice and they weren't necessarily like, I think that's the other thing too. They weren't necessarily like horrific, horrible people, but they were kind of a-hole bosses. And that's, you know, I think that there, there can be a permission. There can be an idea that that is a, well, you can be a nice boss or you can be an asshole boss. These are the two options and each kind of are a style. And I, I don't really, I don't believe that at all. I think, you know, it is a choice between being an asshole or a good person. Yeah. There's no, yeah. there's yeah. no, you know, that no, being an asshole is not a style that you choose as a creative person or as a manager or as a business owner, you know. Well, we're hearing a lot about that kind of thing now, right? Like there's been a lot of conversations, you know, as like, especially in the last few years, you know, especially since, you know, has, you know, Me Too, and you hear about these people who are one thing on, on TV, and they're like maybe like they run a talk show i'm not going to name names especially that maybe they were the queen of nice and they're like actually they were total dicks they were completely awful bullies you know but like it we were allowed to it was allowed to happen because you know they're the they're an artiste they're creative probably have a like maybe i mean brendan definitely you probably have more of a unique unique relationship with it i it's something i sort of grapple with too because i think as like a director you do have the privilege of being able to like essentially fire someone that, you know, isn't like treating people with respect. I I know that's like an important thing about like all the sets that I run, but on the flip side, like, you know, some of my mentors, you know, have this reputation, right? Like, and, and I have the privilege of being a director in that I'll never have to work with them because there are other directors. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and you look at their work and it's like, if, if you do attempt to separate the work from the person, it's like, wow, well, you know, these, these people make things that I, I really look up to, but on the flip side, they have this reputation and like, you know, is that okay? It's, it, you know, on a personal level, no, but, um, you know, I think that's the can of worms the film's trying to open to, you know, what is like the price of greatness, you know? And, and I believe, you know, in my personal politics is that true greatness is achieving that without being an asshole, really. Like that is the hardest Part. I think it's pretty easy to to be an asshole if you want to be. It's not easy for me, but because I'm socially anxious and uncomfortable, you know, but it's, you know. it's, it's uh, you know, you see the ease at which sometimes people treat others, you know, not in a way that I'm sure they would want to be treated. You know, isn't that the golden rule? And um, so, yeah, it tries. I, I'm glad you enjoyed that line because I think, you know, in so many ways, the restaurant industry parallels our industry um in so 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 many ways right it's 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 just uncanny sometimes the patterns you run into I mean, yeah and I, I, hell's I, I, kitchen oh, right gordon yeah. ramsay <laughs> just comes in and calls everybody a big you know fuck you and fuck this and you're an yeah. idiot sandwich like p- put pieces of bread on your head you're an indian sandwich <laughs> like and that's like part of what it's considered you know being like a leader and like you know top of the you know he's right. celebrated as like the top of of the game right and it's like no you're that's mean that's abuse well yeah i think that is sort of the interesting part of the separation of the two worlds in fine dining right like vince has this the face of the restaurant the front of house and liz as the chef the back of house like you know it, it the restaurant industry has the luxury about being all about the food you know how it got like how it got made and who gets yelled at to make it is you, you don't see that as the person who's sitting in the dining room where everything's prim and proper and and normal you just get this magnificent plate and so 
I mean, that is what Liz is, what makes Liz interesting, I guess, as a character who's trying to go about that, like her own version of success in a way that is different from, you know, how she was trained in Europe or whatever it is. And that's a whole other can of worms, which I'm sure we can get into, but. um, So many worms, so many cans. And again, and again, that's, that's like you're saying, I mean, when you're talking about the restaurant and when we're talking on this podcast about, oh, sets and things, I mean, you know, the movies you see, you never see any of that either. You know, mm-hmm. going to a movie or going to a TV show is very similar unless it's come out in the press or somehow become gossip or news. You know, for the most part, you're going to be, and that could also happen in fine dining too, I guess. But the reality is, you know, if you're sitting down to watch a movie, you're not, you're not thinking about, oh man, they, you know, this guy yelled at this person or they didn't like this or, you know, that's just not, you're just receiving the meal as is. And so, yeah, the the parallels are really interesting. And I think, you know, I think I can't actually remember if we even put it in these terms when we talked initially, Dylan, but Vince kind of is like a producer in that way, a movie producer. He's not, mm-hmm. you know, in the back making the piece of art, but he's the one that has to go out there and kind of sell it and present it mm-hmm. and a kind of, uh, you know, a lot of I feel like producers in interviews will say the great producer can kind of protect the director, protect the actors or be this sort of buffer, whether it's, you know, various different sort of competing interests. And I think Vince is supposed to be doing that. And he sort of can do that um, with Matt's character uh, at times. And then other times he sort of fails or chooses not to. And, And that's interesting. And I think I think what is interesting about Vince is I think what is interesting about Vince is that he is not necessarily, even though he definitely kind of acts like an asshole at the very end of the movie, I don't think his his necessarily struggle in the film is, oh, should I keep being an asshole or not? It is, should I go work for an asshole? This other guy, and Matt kind of calls him out about that. And that's kind of really interest, interesting too, right? In that he's not necessarily this super unlikable guy in the movie uh and it, it it's that he's weighing what 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 are the rungs that he needs to climb to kind of achieve the sort of success that he wants and and, and that's that's pretty interesting and i think the the only way to sort of you know improve that is 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 to sort of continue to tell these stories about you know people who do not get rewarded for that kind of mm-hmm you know, behavior, because it's, it's always both things, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's stopping being an asshole. And then it's also stopping tolerating assholes. They're both sort of any situation, you know, if someone yells at you in front of a bunch of people and nobody says, Hey, you know, don't yell at him like that or take it easy or him or her, or, you know, it's, it, that they're also part of it, maybe not quite as egregious, but still a part of it, you know, and that's yeah, the complicit. Thing that yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So let's, let's get into filming. Cause I, I love, I love the, um, and it, that kind of feels like soundtrack to me, you know, when I think about filming, even though there are moments where you're like, you know, TV show or features sitting around kind of bored waiting for stuff to happen. Like short film can be very like, okay, we don't have time. Like we just got to go, go, go. And then when you're filming in, uh, I'm assuming you didn't have, you know, access to this restaurant for like two weeks or something. So you're on a schedule with that as well. So let's talk about, start with you, Dylan, the challenges uh, that you faced, you know, on set bringing, you know, this story to the screen. Well, I, 
I mean, I think, um, and 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 now that Brendan's here, it's just great. He can talk about it. I feel like us, like in doing in talking about the film and doing press, like I, I think something that's made people sort of really go, wow, which in hindsight is this crazy thing is we're averaging about eight and a half pages a day shooting. Like it's a 21 page script and we only had two days in that restaurant. Like that, that was it. Um, and, and it stresses it, me out. I know. It's, 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 <laughs> hearing it about it in retrospect and it all turned out. Wow. Just two yeah. days. And, 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 you know, I think it was like, that's a big ask for, for me to ask of, you know, actors like Brendan, it's, it's, um, it's a lot of trust and, and and it included a lot of prep, a lot of us talking beforehand and and kind of going through the script. Cause it's not one of those, you know, when you're shooting eight and a half pages a day, it's like, you know, that that's just like ungodly pace. It's not even TV pace. It's like beyond that. Right. And so, you know, even to the degree of like cutting, cutting coverage, like mid scene, because I know I'm going to go to another angle. Like if I had all the time in the world, I would let, you know, Brendan play the whole scene and do it again. And like at that pace and I come from theater. So it's like, that's, that's that, that's that pace. I love, you know, when you can sit and tinker and try. And, and so the pace of it, that, that was like a big struggle. I mean, I think it's a struggle we overcame ultimately the film got finished, but you know, in many ways, a lot of the production of the film felt just like, you know, one one sort of bad thing away from being really derailed, to be honest. Uh, and thankfully, it never happened. You know, we did everything we could in our power to sort of, um, you know, mitigate that. But it was something I was I was always worried about. Uh, and yeah, I don't know, Brendan. Maybe I should tell the vase story. That yes. was funny. I remember, I remember just like that was what was weighing so much on my mind going into production. I was like, oh my God, if something goes wrong, something goes wrong, like we're gonna, you know, that's what I'm worried about. If we get two, two hours behind schedule, three hours behind schedule, like we're we're done. And I'd I'd shot enough commercials to know that. And day one, Brendan, bless him, bless his heart. We were staging people underneath the restaurant and um, Brendan knocked cause he was bringing this stuff and he, no- he knocked this vase over and it broke and, and, uh, yes. Yes. It, it just, this vase, this something about this vase, it just looked like this priceless, you know, yeah. like <laughs> artifact. And I was like, yeah. Oh God, is this it was like five, it was in the like five minutes. And now this was not in the restaurant, but yes, it was right <laughs> underneath it. And this was in like five minutes of being on set. I, I can't even remember how I knocked it over either. Oh, it was, the clothes it was, in my hand caught it or something. I don't remember remember it was so it, quick it was it was quick <laughs> and and it was it was a total accident but we're talking about scary chefs like um joel chef joel is like he's the location liaison he's the partner of the restaurant yeah. you know he's there he's 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 there watching everything we're doing uh because he's amazing and he has the work ethic of uh of a robot um and i was like oh joel he's tough to read sometimes but he's so funny and i was like joel like just i was like just tell me that's not you know 800 year years old or something and he's like i honestly can't tell you right now <laughs> i'll figure it out later and i, I just yeah. thought it, it was just this like oh god is this shoot cursed and uh it ended up being <laughs> that that was really the only like the yeah. only hiccup we had i would say right brendan like 
Yeah, the only hiccup was when I smashed a vase. Now, now I'm going to get a bad reputation. They're going to be like, oh, it's man. out there now. Peter it's out there Brendan now. Man, he smashed a vase. The, on the vase set. ended up, for the record, the vase. Getting, I was getting up. in character. Yeah, exactly. Right. He's getting angry. I, no, think I, I don't remember ended how up that being, It was like 150 bucks or something. It wasn't some priceless artifact. So, the, you know, what? Uh, it was probably like it was. I don't know, Brandon. It seems like you did everybody a favor because, like, if that's the bad, like, you got the one bad thing to happen oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. right that's at right. the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, it's a key part of my my strategy. I always do that on every set. You know, yeah. I break something right away. Everyone's nervous. That's the first day. That's that's a key part of my process. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, I, well, what I was going to say, I was actually going to jump back because I want to come in. What Dylan was saying is, I think what was interesting. Um, just to kind of get into the sort of the idea of the the prep, you know, I think the reason why the shoot I I felt other than you know the vase went very smoothly uh, was was because we did do quite a bit of rehearsal. We did mm-hmm. over Zoom and uh, you know a talking in person the day before and talking about sort of the character. And I guess just because it's the two of us here talking about like just the from the Vince perspective, you know, Dylan and I just talked a lot about the character. And and you need that when you're shooting so much in one day because, you know, the conversations you have time to have are very limited, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is a bit like theater in that way, you know, in that mm-hmm. when you're shooting a film this quickly, it, it it is closer to theater than maybe the biggest budget, longest running shoot can be because you don't have time to figure out on set like oh yeah like i don't really know like why am i here who is this you know guy or what's this scene or let's play or let's you know let me try three different ways you don't really have the uh time to do that it is a bit like theater and that you kind of have to kind of do a bunch of investigative work come up with a take maybe one or two different ways you can maybe do it um uh, and then just go do it you know you don't really have the time to find it um maybe you find it in the day as an actor right you're always dealing with you're also always dealing with as an actor who you are that day and how it all feels inside and what you have to do but but it's so great to have those conversations ahead of time those deep character conversations the deep story conversations and to develop a shorthand obviously because dylan and i didn't know each other very long you're developing a shorthand as an actor and director but really you're just developing a shorthand in regards to vince And Mm. this character so that when Dylan comes in to give me a note or when we're talking about a scene, you know, we already have stuff where it's like, well, remember, it's this or remember, I think it's it's so helpful to sort of I don't know if you can speak to this too, Dylan, but I feel like it's so helpful to kind of connect those like create those little shortcuts, you know, whether whatever they may be, they change part to part. But just kind of so Dylan can come in and we can talk about it and it's not a constant sense of discovery. It's it's a reminder, a quick reminder of a longer conversation we had. So then, you know, I don't know. Like it's a just prompt, very helpful. kind of, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, because you've already had the conversation. It's not like, well, I think, I mean, this is not a real example. This is just something I'm making up. But it's like, I think Vince is more scared in this scene. You know, if we haven't talked about it at all, then it's me being like, okay, but is he scared? What is he specifically scared of? Or what's this? And we get in this conversation, which is so fun to have in rehearsal. You know, you don't necessarily have time to do that. Whereas if he comes in and goes, yeah, I think I need to feel a little more. You know, that fear we talked about, I think we need a little more of that. And then I remember all the specifics and fill that, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't um, know. You guys need to do one, but. <laughs> one of the things that I really love about this film are the, um, it's like the non-human characters. And I mentioned the music. The music, you know, is like definitely a non-human character that's, you know, like really enhancing the anxiety moving stuff along you know really reflecting stuff you know that that's going on but then there's also the food 
And I'm assuming from a from a, just a technical point of, you know, having to prepare the food and to film the food and whatever, like Dylan, can you speak to some of the challenges associated with just this other character that is the food? Oh, God. Well, we had um, <laughs> I it's funny. I was one of the first people I, I showed this sort of shooting script to was a friend of mine. Um, and, uh, he, he's a, a chef, like a private chef. Um, but he was also a food stylist on iZombie. Um, so he, but his food is, uh, is, is, is amazing. Um, and, and so we had talked about it and it ended up being that he wasn't free. And, but I, I had talked to several chefs kind of about approving the menu. And then he introduced me to another chef who was signed on chef Billy Nguyen. Um, and they're amazing. Uh, and three days before the shoot, they got COVID. Um, and oh. I was like, Oh no. Like, and we hadn't, and I was in Whistler for my mom's birthday, like stressing out. Cause I was there four days before the shoot and my dad was there and you know, my dad, he he's retired essentially like, he, but he is a chef. Like he was a chef for, you know, 25 years. Um, and I kind of, this happened as I was sitting there at dinner with them. And, and I was like, I was like, Dave, that's my dad. I was like, Dave, I'm, I'm tapping you in. Like, you have to do this. Like you have to style it. And, uh, he's in the movie, like the guy with the beard, that's my dad. So it's in the kitchen. No I, in the kitchen yeah. And, uh, and in on three days notice, like he, he, he did all the plating, all of it. And based off I mean, the menu was written like that was the menu. So I, I could present him that and um, and and he did it and he was really worried. He was so anxious because he was like, D Dylan, like my this is like a young chef. Like I plate things like fine dining in the 90s, like in the 80s. Like that's what was in his head. He was like, I'm not going to plate it right. I'm not, you know, and I was like, honestly, dad, like the, the food you make is beautiful. I don't think most people are going to notice that. And like, I can work with you. You know, I know I've done enough research to kind of come up with what the plate was. And, and he's so cute. Like when my dad's in that kitchen, like he's cooking the food in that kitchen, all the food on the plates, like that's real. You know, he went out, bought it, did all that, did his job. He essentially became a food stylist, like in three days. And Wow. And yeah, that was it. And uh, and then, of course, he's like a, he's a character like in the in the film, a non speaking one. But yeah, that's my dad. That's that kind of is huge. You owe him. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, for sure. He was excited. I mean, for, for my parents, that was and my mom is in the film, too. Like the one with the gobsmacked eyes, but with the two women dining yeah. there, not the one who says it, but the one who kind of gives that look. That's my mom. Um, you know, there's lots of little like East, there's lots of little nods to them and, and, and sort of these Easter eggy type things. And, um, but the food, yeah, like you're so right. The food is a character and the restaurant is a character and the music is a character. It's, it's so much a part of like going back to what I said, creating a genre film, you know, there has to be those key tenants have to feel like characters as well. The food, the restaurant music. Um, and so, yeah, the food was a big part of that for sure. Yeah. I mean, I definitely, I was hungry watching this film. Actually the second time I watched it, I did, I did eat, see some food. Cause I'm like, I'm gonna get hungry um, <laughs> again. Uh, so, you know, like I would love to like watch the film in a restaurant, although maybe not. Cause then I'll just be so like anxious, but Brendan, <laughs> what is something that you got to do in this project that you hadn't had the chance to do before, you know, maybe it's like pouring wine, you know, or 
serving I mean, a I mean, serial killer I'm, I'm sorry i'm just adding that to the narrative it's not it's not what the film is about that's just me this is me yeah i mean literally i mean literally yes doing kind of playing someone who is pouring the wine and that kind of thing but i, I think for me it's probably one of the more sort of grown-up characters i've played in my career as far and he's a young guy and, and it, that's the whole point is that he's young and on his way up and stuff but you know it requires a certain level of adult um command and uh kind of control to play vince you know and and that was cool and i feel like you know i still look young for my age and i sometimes play younger roles and this this still and i've played some older roles too but this really felt like this guy's got like a job he's young at it but he's got a job that like a 50 year old man can have a 40 year old man you know it's like i could play the role not the role of vince but the role of a front of house restaurant guy uh, you know, for years again. And so that was interesting to be in that kind of mode and be in those kinds of scenes where I'm coming in and pouring the wine and talking about the specials and dealing with the critic and, you know, you know, operating um, the the back of house, the front of house, all that stuff mm. was in weighing job offers. So that that element of it was certainly uh, not something I've played a ton of different times uh, in my career and, and being a kind of it's hard because young adult still sounds like a young person, but sort of a a, a, a youthful uh, adult, you know, uh, in kind of an adult world uh, was pretty interesting and, and not something I've done a ton. Yeah. Um, so far. So far. Oh, I well, love, yeah. I love. Eventually, you know, eventually <laughs> I will many, probably right? only be playing those, you know. <laughs> but yeah. Dylan, as I said in, in my thesis in the intro, uh, this this film represented your um your narrative debut as it yeah. were um what is what do you think master of the house tells us or what would you like it to tell us in the audience about the kind of stories that you want to tell moving forward oh god that's a great question thanks i like to have like uh, one like yeah. at least one. <laughs> oh, that's that's it's good i mean i think like i said like I mean, I'm interested in genre, um, but I, I see genre as um, as very loose. You know, I think what I what I'm interested in is worlds that, like, you know, my favorite. I'll try and put it in the context. My favorite film of all time is Children of Men. Um, you know, and it's like, you know, is that a genre movie? Like, sorry, can I, I just interject? I am not surprised because I. When I think about go, like experiences of going to the cinema, you know, and being so fucking stressed out, you know, <laughs> and like shaking and anxious and we leaving at the end and being like, I don't want to talk to anybody like that's what I think of. So, you know, an anxiety driven film like. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's that's good. That's I mean, <laughs> and that's part of the thrill. Like, I, I, I think my own personal viewpoint is if you ask people to sit in a room for two hours and, and pay to be there and, and command their attention, like, you know, entertain me. There's, there's a lot of different ways that you can do it. Um, certainly. And, and so those are the films I'm interested in, but also films like that sort of open these cans of big ideas and make you go away and think and think about your place in the world and think about, you know, your in the context, what would I do in that situation? Like those are the types of films I love. And, and so um, if, if this film is indicative of, you know, the types of things that I want to make next, I think it's good. I think it encases that, you know, something that a film that transports you to somewhere, some, perhaps somewhere you've never been or someplace imagined. 
entertains you, tells a story, and hopefully me- makes you kind of go like, huh, at the end of it and mm-hmm. and think about things or think about messages beyond sort of the story that was just presented to you. I think that's the type of stuff I'm interested in. And um, certainly flawed heroes. I, mm-hmm. I definitely enjoy mm-hmm. a flawed hero. That seems to be something that I really gravitate towards. And, and so, you know, it was so much fun getting to just do that and watch Brendan like do his thing. You know, it was uh, it's as much as fun for me to watch, you know, in that moment, right on set. It's like the magic of it. I just want to do it again and again. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And I, I do hope that you you have that chance. Well, we are coming uh, t- to the end of our time together today. Uh, I do have a final question for both of you. Um, mm-hmm. be- <laughs> Because I, I like it's and it has to do with the title of the film, because oh. I thought that it was like, OK, yes, like there's an obvious answer, like the master of the house, you know, is obviously Vince. But then, like, you know, having watched the film a few times, I'm like, I don't think it is. I don't think it is. And then sometimes I'm like, is it Lizzie? And then other times I'm like, is it the food? And then is it the mm. you know, is it are the people eating? Is it Matthew McCall, the serial killer? You know, is it like who is it? What is it? So like, who do you who is the master of the house truly in oh. your in your view? I, I'm glad so many people have gotten so excited and riled up about this title. It's it's <laughs> I'm not, sometimes I, I honestly sit in daydreams about titles. And, and so can I give some context on where it's from? Is, is that okay? yes, absolutely. Okay. okay. So it's so Master of the House is a direct translation of Maitre D Hotel, which is the which is what the Vince's job is. He's the Maitre D, you know, of this restaurant and that goes back to um, the French origins of of restaurants. You know, the exchange of commerce for food. As you know, fans that, of Les Miserables, uh, will exactly, also know. well, also that yes, oh, yes, 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 yeah, but, yeah, um, exactly. So in that sense, it's it's literally exactly like what you said in in the literal sense, the master of the house is Vince. You know, that is the role he's playing. Um, but exactly that at the end of the film, you know, it's a bit of an open ended question. I mean, to zoom it out even further, like within our if if you take the film as a bit of a poke at capitalism, like who is running the show here, you know, and who is what is this house that we're in? Who is the master of it? You know, it, it is an open-ended question. I, I don't really have an answer to it, um, but I'm open to hearing from anyone who they believe it is, because that's that was sort of the fun of it, right? Um, yeah, yeah. No, no, that's really interesting. I mean, that's that's true. You know, that it, it's good to leave these kinds of things open-ended. I think one kind of like what you were saying. One of the things that I think does happen is that Liz. Um, sort of, I think there was a line in the script, not not a dialogue line, but it was how, how Liz kind of transcends in that moment. She stands up to Vince and she says, no, like what you're doing is unacceptable. Mm-hmm. And kind of, you know, she maybe she become, you know, becomes uh, an even better leader than she was before or learns something even more about, you know, uh, the kind of leader she wants to be. And going back to like the earlier conversation, you know, that we that we had about choosing you know, to be, a, you know, an asshole boss or not and all this stuff, it, you know, the 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 movie, I, 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 you know, who master of the house is, is less important maybe than than what it means to be 
the master of the house. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and yeah. what you do with that power uh, and when you have control over a restaurant or a set or whatever it may be. And, and again, that's what's interesting. Maybe Liz controls the kitchen. Vince is in, in front of the house. You know, they have different areas of the restaurant where they sort of are the master of perhaps um, you could say. Uh, yeah, I think that is another way of looking at the title is what does that mean to be the master of a house, the house, and and what do you do with that power? Uh, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I just want to remind our, our listeners, we're talking about a short film. Like this film has so much in it. Uh, Dylan, if people want to like, where is this film on its journey right now? You know, because I, I had your world premiere at mm. the 2023 Vancouver International Film Festival. You know, I'm sure people are listening to like, Sounds fucking amazing. Yeah. How can I how can I watch it? And it's like, you know, all films have a kind of journey. So what's going on? Well, I feel it's I think that's it. It's in festival mode right now. Their world premiere was so fun. And to have it like in Vancouver, you know, where I'm from. And I mean, VIF is such an amazing festival. It was a ton of fun to sort of premiere there. Um but, you know, I, I would be lying if I said it. I think we got one more in us. An, Amer an American premiere would be really fun. So I'm crossing mm -hmm. my fingers for hearing back on some of those. And, you know, once we do that sort of festival gauntlet, I, I, I'm i positive it'll live online somewhere. And someone, hopefully like yourself, will see it and and find that it entertains them and brings value to something. And when it finds that home, I'll, 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 I'm so excited to share it with the world more because it's great yes. to talk about it. God, I've been living with it for so long. So is, so is Brendan. But um, I, yeah, I can't wait to show more people. I think it's a film, even in the small group of people that have seen it at VIF, it, it was yeah. tons of fun and ignited tons of conversation. And so hopefully soon, soon TM, that's what I say. Right? You know, I, I hope I, I mean, my dream is, and I don't even know if this is a thing, but I hope that there's some like film festival on the planet that is like a, a food film festival, you know, where it's all like food focused and it can be tied mm. with food because like, like if not somebody like you're missing out on an opportunity somewhere, uh, you know, you'll make tons of money. People want to eat. They want to watch film, program this film in that oh. festival and all other festivals, mm. but you know, I'm just, it, it makes you hungry. Okay. Dylan Miranda, Brennan Meyer, mayor, not mayor, <laughs> Meyer, which is, you know, what's so funny a, is that like such I, a thing. I really was, I feel like now it sounds like I made a big deal about it before we started. I really didn't. Yeah. You shouldn't give me little crumbs like that because then I just, you know, <laughs> I just like, explode oh those things. Oh my goodness. Uh, so where can our listeners find you, follow you, celebrate you on social media? Not in real life. Don't be creepy. Damn. Hey. Yeah, my address is. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, yeah, no. Uh, I'm on uh, Twitter and Instagram, Brendan KJ Meyer. That's uh, where you can find me. Same I'm on. on I'm on Instagram, Dylan Miranda, and on my website you can find my email below. It says send me food recos. So always, always looking at send me those. That's my favorite yeah. type of fan mail. Send your Calhoun memories. Come oh, on, yeah. I was. Hey, I remember. I was at a. A uh, Harry Potter, not a J.K. Rowling fan anymore. Fuck no. But back in the day, before she became fucking hateful and problematic, I was at um a, like a one o'clock in the morning. That Harry Potter, yeah. And then so we all got our books, and I was in my I'm in my forties now, so I was in my twenties then, and I got my book, and then I went and I hung out at a kids books with all these other people, you know, wearing their cloaks and having their wands, and we just like all read the first like couple chapters of the new release. 
Uh, and oh, then also so. other memories of going there um, after getting uh, completely drunk, you know, because oh, yeah. that course. was one of the go-to places <laughs> to go. <laughs> go-to to go. All that stuff. No, my parents, oh. uh, they're they are sweet, sweet people and, and I miss it. So um, and I then, miss it too. I know. It was great, wasn't it? It was good. Maybe maybe a Calhoun sequel. Who knows, right? I'll oh. try. <laughs> One day. I don't know. I think your dad has like, if he wants to do, like get back into like the game, food styling, you know, for like on film sets. That's and what stuff. I told him. Well, you know what? He's uh his great big beard. His second uh his second role is uh Santa. He plays Santa at all <laughs> the uh various different venues through Vancouver. So wow. a jolly old bearded man at the Vancouver Christmas market or or Grouse Mountain. That's my dad. <laughs> so I like I want to watch like a short doc about your family. You know, I like thought his... about it. It's pretty interesting. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> but for any for any younger listeners, Santa is real. He is yes. real. He yeah. just happens oh, yeah. to be Dylan's dad. Okay. Mm. It's not, it's not yeah. Santa's real. No, 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 no. See, so Santa, <laughs> no. Like, let's let us clarify. Santa is very real. Um, and you yeah. know, he exists as long as you have that magic in his heart. Yeah, However, exactly. he does appoint ambassadors who yeah, do exactly. go, okay, okay, you know, okay. and represent him and he blesses them with like the big beards. No, this is clear. I mean, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> Okay. I wouldn't want to break that news on the pod, you know, yeah. spoiling a generation of magic, holiday magic. Oh, no, no, no. Go I'm very, I would, I mean, if you did that, I would cut that because. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, uh, that's, yeah. that's, that's the cut thing. Okay. Okay. <laughs> thank you both. And listeners, fucking thank, I know I'm fucking, fucking thank you guys. Fuck. I'm so happy you're here. Uh, like subscribe leave us a review they help us find even more listeners and we can keep having rad conversations like the one that we had today uh, you can find us at yvrscreamscene.com follow us on twitter i'm not calling it x elon fuck right off facebook <laughs> instagram at yvrscreamscene and at sabrina Arp. i'm on mastodon and threads and i think i started a tiktok but like i don't use those i don't use those but you can find me at all the all the other stuff okay okay the YBS Screen Scene Podcast is hosted and executive produced by me, Sabrina Rani Mera Furminger, and it's edited by, okay, here come the Furmingers, Simon Furminger. Special thanks to Mariana Furminger for creating our Patreon ad and to Paul Furminger for technical support. Yes, Dylan, Brendan, we are a family business. YBS Screen Scene is a division of Fish Flight Entertainment. Join us next time for another deep dive into Vancouver's dynamic film and television scene. And... Hi friends, Kat Lawhequist here, and I'm excited to introduce you to thedramaclass.com. Thedramaclass.com provides online workshops and classes designed to provide inspiration and instruction in the sometimes overlooked areas you need to be successful in your acting career. Things that they don't often cover in studio classes. Things like tax prep for actors, the power of costume in getting a job, what to do if you primarily work on camera and find yourself with a voiceover audition, what you can do to adjust your performance to the camera lenses being used, and so much more. Maximize your opportunities by filling in the gaps that will make your craft your career. Visit us at thedramaclass.com, sign up for our newsletter, follow us on social, and explore what will take you to the next level.